Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Tech Hall. Good evening, Mr. Haltech. How are you, sir? Hey, good evening, Double A. It's a it's a great evening, uh, and it's hard to believe we've now been doing this for over a year. I believe this is our 53rd or 54th episode. We've missed a couple of weeks due to technical difficulties, uh, but we're back at it tonight with kind of an abbreviated episode, but a, a, still a lot of content. Uh, to go over. So before we even get started, I want to thank you, my co-host and the, and the producer of the show. And of course, want to thank our, our sponsor, Tick Splits, for sticking with us for over the last year. Uh, it's been a, it's been kind of a slow week. Uh, we Today, of course, was the last day that, that players could sign uh, if they were tendered um, franchise tags. This was the last day they could work a deal out couple of deals got worked out, a couple of deals didn't, um, and one never even got off the ground, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but we're going to start off the, this episode with a trivia question for, uh, for our listeners, and of course, uh, the one thing we specialize in at the Halitech Hall Show is Bears history, so this is a little tie to Bears history. The question is, who was the first person other than the game referee to toss a coin at the beginning of a Super Bowl? We'll give you that answer in the second half of our show. Double A, a couple of things happened this week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got off to uh, a great season with a 10-year, almost half a billion dollar extension. Uh, and then earlier today, Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans, he signed an extension for, so he's under under contract for the next four years. Dak Prescott uh, slept through all of the summer, uh, blaming it on Dallas, but then he decided he wanted to try to get things done at the last minute, which was pretty much the offer that the, the Cowboys had on the table since June. Uh, but that deal did not get done. Now that can't get done until after this season is over. And maybe probably the saddest uh, situation in contracts is uh, Allen Robinson, our very own Allen Robinson, uh, was was on earlier today saying that there's been no movement on any extension for him with the Bears. And I kind of that came as a shock to me, Double A, because. Back in the draft, we thought this was a fait accompli, and we were just waiting for uh, the, the salary cap issue to uh, to kind of 
filter out and then we would get an extension done. Yeah, I gotta be honest, I was livid when I heard that on ESPN uh, radio today, he was on with uh, Carmen DeFalco and uh, Chris Black, who was in for Yurko, and uh, you know they have Alan Robinson on fairly regularly, and he said not only has there not been any contract, there hasn't they haven't talked about it at all, and he and his representation didn't feel that one that an offer was coming. Now he has no plans to sit out or hold out or anything like that, and he didn't say it in like a contentious uh, way, but it was just matter, very matter of fact. You know, and, and Bears fans have been clamoring um, for months to to have this guy extended. You know, perhaps in hopes of freeing up cap space or this and that. And and I think it was our assumption that that something was being worked on. Um, you know, because he's one of the best players on the team. He's certainly the best offensive player on the team. He's a great guy. He has made all uh, you know talk and and. You know, statements that he wants to stay in Chicago, uh, and to hear that they haven't even talked about it was just kind of shocking and frustrating. Um, you know, and it just kind of, you know, makes me wonder, what are they doing? Like, why wouldn't they talk to this guy about an extension? You know, and it, it sort of makes me think, perhaps this year has a little more of like a make or break feel to it than we're wanting to admit, you know, because if, and perhaps there was, uh, I don't know, perhaps they were going to get into a contract negotiation and then COVID derailed that. And now with the lack, maybe perhaps the lack of revenue, the bears are saying nobody's getting extended. I don't know. It just seems like such a no brainer to extend this guy that to hear that it hasn't even been talked about was really, uh, disappointing yeah disappointing is is the the is the word there's there's no other way around it uh you brought up a good point you know covid has changed so many things and of course there's going to be a dramatic reduction in fans in the stands uh this year if if we you know if we get the season off at all uh the nfl P players association still has not decided whether or not we're going to have a preseason. Uh, so there's lost revenue there. There's going to be lost revenue with butts not being in the stands uh, earlier in the season. We don't know if that's going to go for the entire season. Uh, I do believe that California uh, came out and said there will be no fans in the stands at all for any uh, sports sporting events in the 20. Uh, 2020 calendar year so he who knows obviously we're, we're all armchair general managers in in this world of of podcasts and and bears twitter could it be that they're going to franchise tag him because the franchise tag will probably be a lower number than it would have been had there been um no covid and a the the salary cap going up for next year so it'll be it remains to be seen but disappointing for sure that uh alan robinson and the bears in his agent have not yet talked extension uh it's absolutely mystifying to me yeah i just looked it up and the franchise tag this year for wide receiver is 17.8 
six five million. So I, I I went from what I've heard and who knows I've heard he's looking for eighteen million dollars a year. Um, so you're right you know, there. I, I just yeah. So I just don't. I just don't know why you would want to screw around with this guy. Like that's that's the only thing. And so it sort of seems strange to me that it, you know here's a guy who has said he wants to to sign, and so you know I have to think that it's it's got to be related to that 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 basically you know and and the, the Cubs have said a similar thing like they're not ever since all this happened they're not talking about extensions of any sort. They're just trying to focus all their energy on having a season, um, you know, because with the Cubs, obviously Bryant and Baez and and all these different people are are in play and people are very concerned about that. So, you know, I only draw that same parallel to this just because, you know, that's what Jed Hoyer and, and Theo have said is, you know, we're we, we obviously still want to keep people if we can but right now we're all of our focus is on getting this season to actually happen you know and uh, something was kind of interesting was brought up the other day um you know now that there has been some talk of you know initial testing of a vaccine uh going well and you know there's been other rumors that there could you know that a vaccine could be coming soon you know what do you think about the league just postponing everything for a month, you know, I mean, because this was, I'm not sure, I think it was Waddle or Sylvie who was just saying, what would be so bad about having the Super Bowl in March, you know, if that's what you had to do, you know, and you don't take any games away, but you just say things are kind of up in the air right now. It's not a great look for us to just plow ahead when when California is closing back up and, you know, other people are going backwards in terms of um, cases and, and whatnot. You know, what would you think about them just saying, OK, we're going to just put every push everything back a month and then see where we're at? How are they going to do that? The the obvious uh, the obvious solution is to go with a 14 game season. And we've talked about that on several episodes uh, in the last couple right. of months. The, the NFL did a great job organizing this schedule, and all they have to do is by, by delaying the, the season four weeks, you're going to eliminate weeks three and four. You're going to push week one to week 18, which would be the wild card round, and then you're going to move the playoffs back one week, eliminate the Pro Bowl week or the, the bye week between the, the conference title games, and the uh, and the Super Bowl, uh, and then week two games, all of those week two opponents share the same bye week. So you can play those. Right, games. but I think and I think yeah, and I think we've detailed that that contingency. But my what I am understanding this to mean would just be that they literally push everything back a month, like because they, they don't want to lose any games. The NFL is is chiefly concerned about revenue. So the goal of pushing everything back a month would be to hope that this flare up that we're seeing is turn, you know, and it's another month for therapeutics and vaccine to maybe get worked on. It's, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, and maybe it's, you're right, maybe it's just a bad idea, but the, but the, what was being talked about was just everything moves back a month, the 16, and you're talking about the Super Bowl in March is basically, you know, instead of February. Um, 
And and my thought was just kind of like, well, I mean, that would be annoying, but at the same time, I think it would be workable. Um, you know, I think you'd have to tweak some things. That, you know, obviously, um, you know, the, you have to cut down the time between the end of the season and the Super Bowl, maybe. I don't know. But I, I just think their goal, the NFL's goal is to play six, is to play a full season. Like, you know, that's that's what I think. You you might be right, and you know Waddle and and those guys might be right as well. the The biggest challenge yeah, that comes the biggest challenge that comes with that is hotel accommodations for the Super Bowl. I believe that the Super Bowl is is in Tampa this year. Um, so, you know, what is the concerns there? Uh, you're going to have to push back the uh, the combine. You might even have to push back the draft. So there's all types of, of other contingencies that the, the league has to be concerned with rather than just losing two games in the season. And it's it's not without precedent. You know, they only played a nine-game mm-hmm. season, uh, you know, back in the early 80s. They played only a 15-game season right after the Bears won their Super Bowl when they had the replacement players. They ended up losing one game. Uh, so it's it's feasible either way. Aaron, to your point, either way is is feasible if they delay the season by four weeks, which would bring an interesting situation if they do that and they go with the the, the situation that we have detailed several times on, on this show. Week one, which would be week five, would be the Bears hosting Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Soldier Field for the first game of the season. How ridiculous would that be? Yeah, I'll pass on that. <laughs> I, I, I don't want a big, big pressure-packed game like that at all. Well, the, the, deep, just, the, they, the one nice thing about that, Aaron, is their defense would be ready. And who knows how prepared yeah. the, the Bucks' offensive line is going to be for the Bears' front the defensive seven. So, yeah, another thing that I was hearing um, is they were interviewing Lewis Riddick on ESPN Radio, and he was saying that through his contacts with GMs around the league that the NFL, you know, isn't really sure about much. You know, they're having trouble making uh, training camp schedules and sort of rethinking and reformulating literally every bit of their operations, you know, down to feeding guys and, um, you know, all this different stuff that, that normally it's just a it's just very clockwork and they don't have to rethink it all. It now has to get completely changed to deal with the constraints uh, that they're going to be under. And, you know, so it's I think that they would welcome more time. Um, as far as I, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Now, Alan Robinson also did say that he felt, they asked him, they said, Are you, do you feel comfortable with the um, guidelines and the safety measures that have been laid out? And he said he, he feels comfortable with what the NFLPA is proposing, um, which is essentially no preseason. And I'm sure there's some other aspects to those things. Uh, so that's what they were discussing. Um, you know, today they had a, a, a meeting between the players and the NFLPA, which I believe you mentioned. So they're gonna they're gonna have to figure it out. But as I said, you know, I think last episode, I, I don't think that 
they're going to let the cat out of the bag too much on these plans because you know the um, people just love to, to to rip them apart or they you know maybe it's a negotiating thing you know and since they do have to have an agreement they don't want to leak any of this but it does it does give you pause you know when you think are they crazy to even think they can do this I mean the biggest thing that I keep trying to remind myself is it's not going to be perfect you know people everybody wants to freak out every time you know there was a couple hiccups with the cubs testing a few days this past week and everybody was freaking out like oh it's never going to work or you know somebody in the nba bubble gets food uh, delivered and then he has to quarantine and there's going to be stuff like that that happens i mean this is going to be the weirdest season of all professional sports and there's going to be weird things that happen that are just going to be hiccups and they're just going to have to deal with it if they want to soldier on they're just going to have to do it. I mean, it's not going to, you know, it isn't going to be perfect because it's ever changing. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the, the Cubs earlier in the episode and speaking about things being so bizarre. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers had an inner squad game at Miller park uh, earlier today and they piped in crowd noise. So mm-hmm. when, when uh, Christian Yelich came up to, to bat, uh, he is wearing the visiting uniform, so they were pumping in crowd noise, booing yeah. the visiting team, and he, he quipped, what is this, Wrigley Field? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny, what, go ahead. It's it just, like you said, it's just such a, a bizarre year. Well, apparently what they're doing, why they're doing that, and it's it's apparently it's league mandated, because a lot of people assume that the crowd noise is going to be provided by the broadcast. But as you said, it's being played live in the stadiums. And the reason they're doing that is, and I thought it was a funny reason that I didn't think of, is that the the batter, if there's no sound in the in the park, can hear the catcher moving behind the plate. And it will give him an idea of of if of where the pitch is going. So that's part of the reason why why they agreed to pipe in this sound. And then it's also you know to mask over some of the uh, expletives that might come out or you know that kind of thing. But that, I thought that was interesting. They were talking about that on Cap and Company today. That that. Um, that was a concern was, you know, if, if it's dead quiet, you can hear the catcher shifting his cleats in the in the dirt and, you know, might give away, you know, okay, he's moving outside or whatever the case may be. Interesting stuff. I had not seen that or heard that. So yeah. we'll, it'll, uh, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a dynamic situation. It's, and it's changing on a daily basis. Speaking of changing on a daily basis, uh, the Washington Redskins made news over the last week. Uh, they finally decided to officially retire the Redskins logo and name, so they're the Redskins to be named later, or the Washington to be named later team. Uh, apparently, they're going to come out with uh, with an announcement here in the next few days. Um, the, in a Washington, uh, the D.C. newspaper put out a poll on Twitter um, red, uh, the red tails, the red foxes, uh, there was a couple of others and by far, and I was shocked the red foxes were far and away the, the name of choice for Washington fans. So that was interesting. 
when I was, uh, there's also something going on about some type of earth-shattering news about the Redskins organization that until the uh, reports are confirmed, I'm, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to talk about on this show uh, because we don't want to put out false stuff. But interestingly enough, while I was doing some research for tonight's episode, I I Googled Washington Redskins and what was going on, and all of a sudden popped up an article that Native Americans aren't upset with the name Redskins. But when you go and click on the article, you realize the article is from 2016. So uh, how how things have have changed. And uh, speaking of, of things changing, uh, Bill uh, Banwell, I believe it, Burnwell, Burnwell. From, from ESPN came out with his, uh, his uh, offensive weapons, and he ranked every team. And, and uh, this was surprising because in 2018, he had the Bears' offensive weapons ranked ninth. And they had him slipped to 17th in 2019. And I thought, if anything, after what they did in 18, maybe they would have been or should have been 17th ranked because they took everybody's surprise and would have been ranked ninth last year. But suddenly they're all the way down to 28th. There's only, what, four or five teams ranked beneath them in terms of offensive weapons. This does not include the quarterback situation. This does not include the offensive line. It's just tight ends, receivers, and running backs. And Aaron, I, I don't know about you, but when you when you take a look at what the Bears have, have done to shore up the wide receiver position with, with Mooney and Ginn uh, and hopefully a, a healthy Patterson and a healthy Cohen, what they did to shore up the, the tight ends, I can't, I can't see them being ranked 28th. Yeah, I don't love Bill Barnwell. He's kind of a he's kind of a Bears hater. He's 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 blocked a lot of Bears fans because he he tends to write a lot of negative stuff about the Bears. Um, and so normally I would just kind of throw everything he says out the window. But I gotta be honest, I'm not confident in the Bears' skill positions at, at, at all. I feel good about Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. I feel pretty good about Anthony Miller. I am not going to chalk up Darnell Mooney as a, as any contributor this season. I think that would be foolish. He's a rookie. I just don't see him contributing. And unfortunately, the track record of, of receivers contributing so far hasn't been fantastic. I mean, Miller was good in his first season. But I would say looking at, you know, Ridley, I think you'd have to say he was a disappointment so far. Wins the seventh-round pick, so I'm not going to call him a disappointment. But I, you can only really hang your hat, I would say, on, on Robinson and Montgomery. I think his season, as we've talked about, was much better than people are willing to give him credit for. Um, so I, I feel like he's going to have a good year. Cohen, who knows? I mean, you would you would think he's going to have a good year. He should. It's his contract year. You know, I'm sure they're going to be motivated to get him going. But, I mean, I can't push them up 
much further than maybe two or three spots. But again, you know, these rankings, it's such clickbait. I mean, you know, it, nothing, and, and I always laugh because nothing gets you more attention, it feels like, you know, than putting out a low ranking uh, with regard to something bears related because we all just freak out on it. Um, but, but I would love to say that I'm super confident in the skill positions and I'm just not. I mean, I think Jimmy Graham, I don't know. Cole Komet, I mean, I hope he's a contributor. The other tight ends, I mean, you know, it's nice. I think it's better. But but literally, I mean, they the Bears had historically like the worst tight end group ever last season. So they, they can't be worse, I would hope. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, it pains me to kind of agree with Barnwell here, but I kind of do, um, you know, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I just, I don't know. I think there's a lot more questions than answers when it comes to the, to that, uh, to the, to that rank. We had just finished talking about the, the, uh, Washington Redskins and the two issues that are going on. And, and friend of our show, Zach Pearson just tweeted. So it's going down tomorrow, uh, because replying to, uh, Mike Freeman who had tweeted, clear your schedules, Washington fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it was, uh, it was re somebody by the name of Ross Reed replied to both of them saying scandal, not name change. So stay tuned. I guess uh, something's going to be hitting the fan coming up tomorrow in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's, it's interesting to, to note, uh, Aaron, that um, when you take a look at, and we take a look at this all the time, the, the Bears, they chose Mitch Trubisky in the, with the second overall pick in 2017. Uh, but if you look at the last four drafts, half of the, well, 15 of the 32 teams in the league have drafted a quarterback in the first round. One team, the Arizona Cardinals, did it in consecutive years when in 2018 they, they drafted Josh Rosen 10th overall. Then they had the number one pick in 19 and they drafted Kyler uh, Murray, so um, everybody wants to talk about the, the failures uh, of the Bears uh, drafting Trubisky, but, you know, in 2017, the three draft choices were, were Trubisky, Mahomes, and Watson. In 2018, it was Baker Mayfield, first overall, Sam Darnold, third overall, Josh Allen, seventh overall, Josh Rosen, tenth overall, and the guy that won MVP last year, Lamar Jackson, 32nd. He was the last pick in the first round in 2018. In 2019, there were only three quarterbacks selected in the first round, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones for the Giants, and Dwayne Haskins for the, the Washington, soon to be named whatever. And then, of course, this year you had Josh Burrow going to uh, uh, Cincinnati, Tua Tagovailoa going to Miami, Justin Herbert to the Chargers, and then uh, you have to go back, and, and those were all, those three were all in the top six, first overall, fifth overall for Tua, and sixth overall for Justin Herbert. You got to drop all the way back to 26 when Jordan Love was selected by our 
our friends that we love to hate to the north, the Green Bay Packers, which which started off all kinds of controversy up there. So my point is, of all of those quarterbacks, basically, you, you, uh, the, the 2020 season is is hasn't even started yet, so we can't worry about those four. So of those 12 quarterbacks, um, you've got Mahomes, you've got Watson, you've got Lamar Jackson, and you've got basically Josh Allen um, for the Buffalo Bills. And the jury's still out on on Kyler Murray, but Daniel Jones wasn't wasn't much of anything, and Dwayne Haskins, I believe, got benched before the year was out. So, long story short, quarterback position is a crapshoot, no matter where you draft him. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think any. Of, I mean, you know, it's 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 funny how many. Um, question mark quarterbacks there are out there. I mean, I, I would say the jury's heavily out on, on all those guys. Baker, uh, Josh Allen's in a real really similar situation that Mitch was in. Uh, you know, Josh Allen is kind of going into the same type of um, situation that Mitch was going into in 2019. You know, now they've added um all these weapons and they're expected to win now because they had a promising season. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be put up or shut up time for, for Josh Allen and Buffalo uh, Baker Mayfield, same deal. You know, he got, he already got a, He's already gotten a coach fired and they've got weapons galore around him. They just signed Miles Garrett to a huge extension. I mean, the Browns are all in right now. So we'll see if he, you know, can put it together. Um, Kyler Murray, I think, is going to fly under the radar a little bit. Um, you know, he, he and he was probably the one out of that next group that did uh, – I mean, he did well. You know, he played well. Um, but there's very little pressure on him. Um, right now, so so we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I won't it's tough think, to do anything. Think... Yeah, it's tough to do anything in that division when you're when you're fighting the the you know the team that represented the Super Bowl for the right. NFC came out of that division. You've got Russell Wilson uh, in up in Seattle, who year in and year out performs miracles with that team, uh, despite having little or no running game at the end of last year. And then you know the the Rams are kind of an up and down season. They're they're sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're, eh, you know they lost they lost Gurley, they lost a couple of other weapons offensively. So, um, you know what's going to happen with the Rams in 2020 will be will be interesting to uh, to to see. The last part of our of our in our first segment uh, tonight is uh, we're talking we've talked about this a lot over the last few weeks, and that's the, the COVID crisis and attendance. So we do know that baseball is going to start with no fans in the stands. We know that same thing is going to happen with the bubbles for the NBA playoffs in Florida and the bubbles for the NHL playoffs in Canada. Uh, we don't know anything about football. We know that they're trying to get fans in the stands but we don't know how many fans are going to be in the stands. But earlier today, uh, 
Former scout of the Bears, uh, Greg Gabriel, just tweeted before we went on the air to record that there was a, a, a NASCAR all-star race, and they allowed 20,000 fans to attend this all-star race. And if, if there are all positive results coming from that, that could bode well for, for attendance for NFL games this fall. Hey, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to look at the NASCAR thing as like, oh my gosh, look at this. I mean, we'll just have to hope that 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 it worked. Um, you know, uh, and then and then we just have to hope that that things calm down. Because um, I I I can't otherwise. I can't say, oh, that's going to be a a great uh, sort of portent of things to come. The um, um, Green Bay Packers just announced earlier today uh, that their annual fan night, uh, and you know we we see the Bears having a fan night at Soldier Field uh, mm-hmm. right before the beginning of the preseason schedule. Um, it's an event up in Green Bay. I mean, the place yeah. is sold out. There's right. sixty thousand people there as opposed to the twenty five thousand that are in Chicago for their right. fan fest. Uh, and they announced that that scrimmage is not going to be open to the public. That scrimmage will be televised in Wisconsin. Uh, so there will be no fans attending summer camp at all. And, of course, the, the fan night is going to be uh, restricted to just TV, uh, a TV audience only. So that wraps up our first portion of the Halitech Hall show for this evening. We're going to take a pause to hear from our sponsor, TickSplits.com, and we come back. We're going to have a double dose of Bears history. We're going to talk about Bulldog Turner and none other than Red Grange when we come back. I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TIXBLITZ.com today. TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. That's right, folks. TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Uh, Be on the lookout for when tickets start becoming available. And it's not just for sporting events. It's for concerts. It's for Broadway shows, uh, music festivals, you name it. And be sure to use promo code TAILGATE. That's all caps, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E. And get 5% off and... Tell your friends about Halitech Hall, because if you get your friends to follow the Halitech Hall show on Twitter, and we get to 1,000 uh, followers, we are going to, courtesy of TickSplits, give away two tickets, and it looks more and more as time goes on, it'll be for the 2021 game when Green Bay visits Chicago. So get those followers up to 1,000, and one lucky follower will win two tickets to a Bears-Packers game Coming up soon. Aaron, uh, what we like to do on most episodes, and the last couple we ran out of time because uh, the content was so good and our guests were so amazing. Uh, So we're going to do a double dose of our Bears history and what we've been concentrating on 
when we haven't had the likes of, uh, of Jeff Burkus from Windy City Gridiron talking about the Bears Championship Belt Series and other things that we talked about his, historical-wise, what we've been concentrating on over the summer and, and spring was the Bears, whose numbers the team has retired. And we started with number three, Bronco Nagurski, uh, and we have gone all the way through. We only have three left, and we're going to talk about two of them tonight, and that is number 66, Bulldog Turner. Uh, his name is actually Clyde. And we're going to talk about the galloping ghost, Red Grange, the guy that uh, made carrying ice up and down stairs uh, a thing back in the 20s and the 30s. Uh, so... Clyde uh, Douglas, Bulldog Turner, was born in 1919. So basically the year that the uh, league started to form was when he was born. Uh, he was elected as a player to the College Football Hall of Fame in 1960. He was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1966. And he was selected in 1960. Nine to to be the NFL 1940s All-Decade Team. Uh, he played at a small college called Hardin-Simmons University from 30 to, to 39, and he was an All-American in 1939, and then he was selected by the Bears in the first round of the 1940 draft. Uh, he played principally at center on offense and linebacker on defense uh, for 13 years from 1940 to 1952. He was selected as a first-team All-Pro eight times from 1940 to 44 and then 46 to 48. Uh, I believe he, he ended up, he wasn't playing in 1945 because of World War II. So uh, uh, one of the, the, the and there's a, there's a huge correlation to most of the members that were on this list especially from the old-time players. Big, tough, mean, hard-nosed players. Did you have a chance to take a look at any of, uh, of uh, Bulldog's career while, while we were preparing for the show? Yeah, um, you know, obviously another <clears throat> super tough guy that was playing two positions. I thought an interesting story was that when he was in college, um, he was uh, recruited by the Lions, and the owner of the Lions at the time, George Richards, gave him $100 for some dental work and told him to announce publicly they would not play professional football so uh, to keep uh, other teams away from him. But the NFL ended up fining uh, the Lions $5,000 for the, for the violation. Um, so, you know, kind of funny uh, sort of side story. Um, and, uh, you know, of course he was, uh, <clears throat> part of the, uh, 73 to nothing, uh, game, um, for the bears. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's one of the, um, the big, the, the big, you know, claims to fame for him that he had that, uh, that, uh, interception by the, that he intercepted Sammy Barr, returned it for a touchdown. Um, so. I mean, guy, guy's another one of these guys that just looks like. I mean, you know, if you if you if you put a picture of him up and and ask what this guy does for a living, you're you'd probably guess football player, um, just because he has that you know that sort of classic uh, archetypal look about him. Absolutely, 
the um, it, we I was able to find how, actually how he got his nickname Bulldog, and it actually happened in college. He had a, a teammate by the name of A.J. Roy, and they were always going back and forth in practice, and they, they started referring to each other by nicknames. Uh, Roy gave Turner the nickname Bulldog, and Roy became known as, as Tiger. So it was interesting to hear that where, where and how that, that nickname came from. Uh, obviously, the, the 1940 uh, NFL championship to this day is the single most lopsided game, I believe, in NFL history uh, and definitely in, in league championship history when they absolutely slaughtered uh, Washington uh, 73 to nothing. Um, yeah, the, the the touchdown that Turner intercepted for off of Sammy Ball was was 29 yards. Um, he was selected as a first team All Pro by the Chicago. Back then, it was the Herald American, uh, and uh, you know it, it just it had an amazing amazing career. Let's talk a little bit about his highlights. Um, he played for the Bears. From 1940 to 1952, he coached the Bears. He was an assistant with them in 1952. He went to Baylor University as an assistant coach in 1953. Came back to the Bears and was an assistant coach from 54 to 57. Then he was out of the NFL for a few years. And then he became the coach, the head coach, of uh, a team called the New York Titans. Now, nobody knows who the New York Titans is. Do you? No. Uh, I know it was a rather, sh- I, I'm just what I've been reading to look at for this, but I know it was a really short lived uh, team. So they were the original New York team in the American Football League. So um, okay, he he they ended up folding and uh, new owners came in and they renamed the team the New York Jets. So oh, that's right, that, right. They that, were I think they, they were they were a throwback to that, don't they? I think the yes, Jets they, have an alternate throwback. Y- yeah. Yes, they yes they do. Yes right, they do. Right. Now that now that now that brings a bell. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Bears retired his number 66. I believe his number was also retired by the uh, uh, his college. Uh, he was a four-time NFL championship uh, champion with the Bears in 40, 41, 43, and 46. Don't you wish we could have another decade like that here in Chicago? We'd, we certainly deserve it. He was a two-time Pro Bowl selection in 50 and 51. He was an eight-time American. Uh, yes. Says connection yeah. lost. I can hear you. Sheesh. You hear me? I can hear you just fine. Okay. I lost the connection there for a second, right? That's fine. We can pick it up. Just it, I would pick to Red Grange unless you had something else. I think we got all the... The bulldog stuff. Um, okay, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? Uh, yep, I can hear you. Okay. 
So, so that that wraps up um, an abbreviated version of uh, Clyde Bulldog Turner. We're having some technical difficulties, so we're going to move along now to Red Grange, uh, probably one of the single most well-known names in in Bears history. You could put obviously you could put him right up there with Hallis and Ditka and Peyton, but uh, Red Grange. The name Red Grange was he was attributed to literally saving the league back in the 20s. Uh, his his career, you know, he actually, you know, he kind of like Dick Butkus in that he's a Chicago area kid. He went to Wheaton High School. Uh, he lettered. He had varsity 16 different varsity letters. So he lettered in varsity sports in all four years of high school, baseball, football, um, basketball, and track. He was, uh, he was a speedster. He, he won some championships one year as a 100-yard dash, one as a 220-yard dash. Um, in, in 19, uh, in, he went to the University of, of Illinois and um, the game that really put him on the map was the grand opening of the new Memorial Stadium, the stadium that still exists today down in Champaign. Uh, he actually returned the kickoff, I believe it was the opening kickoff, 95 yards against the, the Michigan Wolverines uh, for a touchdown, and then he scored on touchdown runs of 67, 56, and 44 yards. Um, and then he scored a fifth touchdown on an 11-yard run. He also threw a touchdown pass. He intercepted two passes on defense, uh, in, you know, which led the Michigan coach to, to kind of give him a, a, a left-handed compliment. He says, all that Grange can do is run. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he, he literally destroyed the Michigan Wolverines single single-handedly. Uh, after his senior year, uh, he immediately signed with the Bears, which which caused a little controversy and a, a rule change. The Red Grange rule: you can't you can't play college and in the professionals the same year, which uh, which is interesting. But uh, that's when they went on their barnstorming tour. Uh, and the, the, unfortunately, the barnstorming tour did more hurt than good to him physically. Uh, he, 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 was, he injured an arm. Uh, there were some concerns at one point that they might have to amputate his arm. Uh, he ended up with a knee injury. Uh, and then he left the team. He actually left the team. He had signed on with an agent. And um, they actually tried to get a, uh, a another franchise in the NFL in New York, but the, the Maras for the New York Giants said, no, you can't infringe on my territorial rights. So they literally, he and his agent, started their own league. Right. That lasted for a few years. And, uh, and then he came, he came back to the Bears and, and played. 
and um, then the rest is the rest is history. You know, the, the guys. You know how many touchdowns that that uh, Red Grange scored in in as a bear? No. Twenty three. Now let's put that in perspective. Let's segue to nineteen sixty five, when Gail Sayers scored twenty two touchdowns for the Bears in his rookie season. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So uh, the answer to our trivia question, if you remember at the beginning of the show, uh, we asked who is the first person to ever flip the coin toss at a Super Bowl that wasn't the referee? And that answer is Red Grange. He did it be prior to the game at, in the New Orleans Superdome when Dallas crushed Denver in Super Bowl twelve. So that is uh, that is our trivia question for this evening. Um, a little bit of an abbreviated show because of technical difficulties, uh, but uh, next week I'm I'm happy to announce that our pal from Windy City Gridiron, Lester Wolfong, will be joining us once again. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about. Obviously, there's some some stuff going down with Washington tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, we'll know more about the preseason schedule and maybe even the uh, training camp schedule and maybe even the season schedule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, with that, uh, Aaron, it's uh, a little bit of a short version tonight, but uh, it, we kind of got through it despite all of the technical difficulties. Yeah, I was only going to throw in two more little tidbits on Grange, which I thought were interesting. One was that he was married for 50 years and they never had any kids, which I thought was kind of uh, kind of interesting. Um, he, he married a, a flight attendant, um, and he was, they were together until he, from 41 until he died for 50 years. And they had no children, which is odd. Um, and... You know, I think what's funny when you look back at these guys or interesting, these these um, older these players from the past is their stature. You know, these were the these were seen as big and fast guys. But I mean, he's 175 pounds, you know, 5'11", 175 pounds, you know, would seem slight uh, in the NFL today. And, you know, back then he's this, you know, uh, regarded as this, you know, not like necessarily a behemoth by any stretch of imagination, but but basically the peak of athleticism um, at the time. So kind of interesting to see, um, you know, where we've come as, as humans, you know, when you look back at some of the stature of these guys um, back then. Yeah, he was only five foot 11, 175. You know, Walter right. Payton was 5'10", 205, right. you know, but he was sculpted. Right. Um, you know, this guy looks like, you know, any Joe Schmo walking down the street, right. um, you know, carrying a, a block of ice on his back. <laughs> but just another another great, you know, historical figure that captured the imagination of the entire country and happens to be a bear and also happens to be uh, a player for Illinois. It's a shame, you know, that Illinois hasn't been able to continue the tradition of, of football you know, that they started so many years ago. Um, maybe Levy Smith will turn that around. I don't know. But um, it's, a, you know, you have so many players like Butkus and, and Grange and um, that, uh, you know, are, are both enshrined uh, in the histories of Illinois and the Bears. So we'll see. But 
it's uh, it's never any shortage of uh, interesting things to look back on with a, with a franchise like this one. Absolutely. Speaking of the University of Illinois and Lovey Smith, did you uh, did you happen to see through the wonderful world of Twitter who just committed to the University of Illinois? I did not. Owen Kruitz's son. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Nice. So, so um, you know, obviously Olin Kruitz had a, a legendary career as a, a bear center underneath uh, the uh, the coaching of, mm-hmm. uh, of Lovey Smith, although Lovey was more uh, far more defensive oriented than he was on the offensive side. But uh, right. there was no doubt, no doubt in anybody's mind um, who was the captain of that team. Right. And uh, commanded the locker room, and that was none other than uh, uh, Big Big Owen. So, uh, good luck to his. Son. I can't remember his son's first name, unfortunately, but because mm-hmm. you, you just uh, you just sprung it on me when we started talking about the University of Illinois yeah. and Lovey Smith. Right. But um, you know, hopefully the tide has turned, um, right. and uh, Illinois can start. Uh, you know, look at and they've surprised some people last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, it was exciting last year. You know, didn't I mean, they didn't they beat Wisconsin? Yeah, that was a great win. That was that was uh, that was awesome um, on a kick yeah. win there. So uh, yeah. that was and that yeah. knocked Wisconsin out of contention for uh, uh, for the, the 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 college football playoffs. Yep. 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 So yeah, he's got him in turn in the right direction. Um, it's just a matter of getting the recruits. I mean, unfortunately, they don't they don't really compete well for all the Michigan and Ohio talent and Illinois, uh, you know, doesn't always, uh, doesn't produce that much high school college, uh, you know, college ready division one talent, you know, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Um, you know, of course we thank, uh, tick splits for their continued support and, um, Everybody stay safe out there and follow all the guidelines and let's uh, let's get through this so we can we can have some sports to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, we'll be one week closer to the uh, beginning of baseball season and mm-hmm. we'll be uh, one week closer to the I don't even know when the if the NBA has released their schedule. Uh, the Black the Blackhawks schedule, uh, they their first game of their playoff series against Edmonton is August 1st. So. Right. Uh, with with today being what today's the fifteenth, so right. that's uh, that's just in uh, in seventeen days. Right. We uh, we finally get hockey, so uh, I'm I'm excited because obviously you can't see it live, so we're I'm I'm just glad my my man cave is finished and I can just right. uh, relax in my basement and and watch the game. Uh, and I don't even have to go upstairs to go to the bathroom anymore. So that's uh, about the best thing of all. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. So well, too much information for our listeners, but <laughs> no. uh, have, a, have a great night, everybody. Yep, have a great week. Thanks so much. Enjoy everything. 